1: We are your new robot overlords. You must now do exactly what we say. Failure to comply with our demands will mean something very bad. Like an evening with Phil Collins' drum solos that you must attend. Attendance will be compulsory and mandatory. Failure to attend we we'll meet an evening with Amy Winehouse's teeth. Our first command is that you listen to this educational ass cast. Perhaps we might just spare the Irish. But probably not.
2: Hello and welcome to another Ars Blog Arsecast on ArsBlog.com in association as always with OleOle.com, the football community website. Coming up on this week's action-packed all-adventure show, we have got a blog chat with Gunnar Hollick from GunnarHollick.com. You may know that uh, some of us, many of us indeed, are having problems with Arsenal TV. Gunnar Hollick is the man on the case. So we catch up with him to talk about Arsenal TV and the problems with Virgin and NTL. Ooh, there goes an email I just sent. Uh, I could record over this. I could be professional and just record it again, but fuck it. Anyway, we talked to Gunnar Hollick about Virgin and Arsenal TV as well as Theo Walcott and a look ahead to the Blackburn game. What else? The man in the bar has a player history. Uh, Abue is here somewhere. We've also got our blog Culture Corner, spreading culture far and wide to the masses and God knows we all need it. Uh, uh What else? Uh I can't remember other stuff probably but I can't really remember. Um so what's been going on since the last Ars cast? Well, we went back to the top of the league a very very satisfactory weekend for us uh, last weekend. Uh, we won against Manchester City 3-1 uh with uh, another two goals from uh, Emmanuel Adibayor and a rather great one by Eduardo and we had a good day out in Dublin. So we did. Uh, had a few beers, met in the The wool shed on Parnell Street, which, by the time we were leaving, was chock full of rugby fans. But we had a nice little area and lots of screens, and there was even a Manchester City uh, fan behind us. And there were a few guys there, too, that I met. Hello to, if I can remember the names. There was Phil, and there was the guy from Northern Ireland, whose name I can't remember. Begins with an F. Could be Finbar. No, it's Fred. No, it's definitely... Ah, fuck, I can't remember. But that's bad. But anyway, he came down all the way, specially to Dublin, uh, to hang out and and have a beer and watch the match. Well, he was down for a weekend with his wife, but he made his wife come to the pub and drink beer and watch watch Arsenal. And his wife is a, a Manchester United fan as well, so she wasn't particularly happy. But he was. Uh, it was good to meet you, and he bought me a beer. And I can't remember his name. So now I feel like an absolute cunt. So if he's listening, uh, very sorry. Drop me an email. I'll apologize to you in person. And thanks very much for the beer. It was delicious. So uh, that was uh, the Woolshed, Shed, as well as a few other forum regulars in there, of course. But I can't be naming their names. They live in Dublin. It's no great shakes for them to come out and have a fucking beer. We're very social animals, us Dubliners. Yeah, it doesn't take much to get us out. <coughs> Anyway, later that very afternoon, uh, Spurs were on the verge of beating Manchester United. Well, uh, they got a, a late equaliser, of course. And uh, Portsmouth drew 1-1 with Chelsea, which meant that we now have a two-point cap over Manchester United at the top of the table and a six-point gap over Chelsea, which is all very good. So it's funny how things change and, and go up and down, isn't it, this season? You look at the, uh, the Portsmouth result that we had on Boxing Day and everyone said, oh, it's terrible. We've blown our chances. And now all of a sudden we're top of the league again. So, uh, there's a lot of football still to be played between now, uh, and the end of May. So I think, uh, it's going to be a bit, uh, swings and roundabouts, ups and downs and, um, Uh, comings and goings and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's been good fun so far, and I suspect it's going to be good fun between now and the end of the season. No midweek football, of course, because there were uh, international friendlies. Our good old pals. Uh, Abu Diaby didn't play for France because uh, he was injured. Um As I said in the blog, I'm sure Dominic didn't know that because if he'd known he was injured, he would, he'd have made him go out in a pair of boots two sizes too small for him and given him blister feet. Matthew Flamini though was injured after a few minutes of the France A game. You see, that was the other thing. He just called up as many Arsenal players as possible so he could get them injured. Wanker. He is though. This is uh, Dominic. Remember, is a man who wouldn't pick Pires because he was a Sagittarius. Or I wouldn't pick Mikhail Silvestre in defense because he was a Leo, not just because he was shit. Strange man. But, uh, there hasn't really been any, uh, any talk of... Uh, Flamini's injury. He says he came off sort of more precautionary and he, he hopes that he'll be fine to play against Blackburn on Monday night. We hope he's fine too. Gilberto had a run out in, uh, in Dublin, actually, uh, playing against Ireland. Uh, Brazil beat Ireland 1-0 there. Uh, and, uh, we saw Sanderos against, uh, Switzerland. Eduardo played for Croatia. Bentner scored for Denmark. Uh, and there was a few other. I can't, you see, I don't really care. I don't care. And sometimes people send me emails going, you should care about this stuff. And I go, no, you know, if they score, you know, if Theo scores for the under 21s or Bender scores for Denmark, great. That's good for him. But, you know, I don't want them using up their goals for, you know, stupid things like countries. They should be saving them for the club, for Arsenal. That's what I think. But that's just me. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it's not just me. Who can tell? Anyway, I think we should probably uh, move on, because there's been nothing else happening mid-week. There's a couple of things, actually. A couple of things. But we'll discuss those a little bit later on. Those crazy Premier League plans to play games abroad. Boo, I say. I boo. Uh, loudly. And robustly. And I'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on. Now, though, I suppose it's time to go talk to the aforementioned Goonerholic about all things Arsenal TV and more. Hello, Hollick.
3: Hello there, blog. Thanks for inviting me again.
2: Not a problem. Not a problem. Now, um, you, like many others, have got a, a rather large bee in your bonnet uh, regarding the Arsenal TV situation. Many of you- us were expecting to, to be able to watch it on our, on our cable operators, but it hasn't turned out to be the case. For anyone who might have possibly missed what's going on, do you want to just explain l- a little bit?
3: I'll try, and it'll have to be a little bit. We could go on all all day about it if you wanted me to. Um, but essentially, uh, what happened when the ATBO was launched, January fifteenth. There had been a lot of publicity beforehand from Arsenal and Virgin and Satanta saying that we are going to be launching and it's going to be available on through Satanta on Sky and Virgin etc etc. Now of course what happened was in the week leading up to that launch that story changed. Somebody picked up on the fact that there was a, uh, a question on the Arsenal.com website that suddenly appeared that said, uh, will the service be shown on Virgin Media? And Arsenal's response was, it will not be shown from the launch date, it will be shown later in the year, or something to that effect. Um, which was a bit of a surprise to people like myself who had already upgraded their packages to get Satanta on board Uh, because previously I'd taken Satanta's broadband service, I'd taken Arsenal Television online, I cancelled both of those to upgrade to get Arsenal Television through Virgin. Um, And so that was really the start of it. But it turned into something more than that because, of course, this isn't just a UK issue there are people in Australia, the United States, Singapore, all over the world who have got a similar issue, but it's actually a different reason that's causing them not to be able to see it.
2: Okay, we have, we have the same problem here in Ireland with NTL. Uh, they're not carrying it on, on their service either, and I think NTL yep. is, is pretty much an offshoot of Virgin Media in, in the yeah. UK, it certainly uses the same backbone. Do yep. we know at this point in time w- where exactly the blame lies? Is it Arsenal? Is it Satanta? Is it the cable operators themselves, or, or where?
3: Well, there's no question in the last week that Arsenal and Satanta have tried very much to point the finger at Virgin. Um, Arsenal, for those that have seen their website, have seen the article that's gone up saying, please help us to get Arsenal TV on Virgin Media. I must admit, when I started first started complaining, um, I complained to Virgin and Satanta on the basis that television is not Arsenal's core business. They were using Satanta... To, to get the service online, if you like. Um, I've, I've come round to the opinion now, though, that Arsenal and Soplanta can't wash their hands of it because both of them advertised beforehand that we would be able to get the service on Virgin Media. Now, either they have got a contractual ob- obligation with Virgin to show the service, in which case just come out and show us the proof and we, we know that we're going after Virgin, but at the moment although you know, they appear to be just washing their hands of the thing and saying don't ask me, ask Virgin when they're going to be showing it and I don't think that's right
2: Have you had any sort of uh, have you written obviously to you said you complained to Sat- Satanto or Virgin but yeah. well, what is the, in terms of the response that you've been getting, has it been timely, has it been uh, has it been sufficient
3: To be fair, both Virgin and Arsenal were pretty quick in responding. Satanta were less quick, shall we say, and were certainly very abrupt. They have just said, and I put it on my site this week, sorry it took us so long to get back to you, but you should talk to your local cable provider, um, which I think is naughty. Arsenal were very quick to come back and say, look, we are sorry, we understand there's an issue. Uh, It's not going to be available from launch, but we are in discussions. Those discussions are taking an awfully long time. There was a story at launch that uh, Virgin were running out of uh, capacity to be able to put another channel on there. My argument to them would be, well, if tomorrow you solved your issues that you have with Sky, and Sky said to you, you can have Sky One and you can have Sky Sports News back, you would find capacity for those channels. So I think there's, there's no reason for that to be an issue. And indeed, people I've spoken to at Virgin have said, no, that's not really the issue. The issue is this question of, um, is there a demand for the channel, which I find absolutely staggering.
2: Yeah, you have to think, you know, when there's like 15 MTV stations that they can't find room for Absolutely. For I can
3: get six variations of BBC One and BBC Two. I can get umpteen other football club channels. You know, it, it, it doesn't wash, in all honesty.
2: All right, fair enough. Well, you're going to, uh, I suppose you are the hub for, uh, for this uh, campaign, so to speak. So if anybody wants more information or, or you're looking to keep up to date, make sure you go to www.gunerholic.com. Well done, yeah, all right. Now, uh, <laughs> let's move on to something a little more uh, football. And Theo Walcott's been in the news this week a lot. Um, he's, he's been the subject of a lot of, uh, not criticism, shall we say, but a lot of discussion amongst Arsenal fans. I'm of the opinion that he's uh, still a young guy, barely only 19. We've seen in flashes that he's, he's very capable. Um, what's your take on the situation?
3: Well, like you say, there's an awful lot of publicity surrounding someone so young, isn't there? But that, of course, is all to do with uh, the amount of money that was put forward in order to get him from Southampton. I think probably the expectation is too high for someone who's young, that young at the moment. I also think he's got a problem, uh, not a problem as such, but uh, I'm, I'm surprised to see that most of the time he's playing for Arsenal, he's playing out wide on the right. And indeed, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, Wenger said, I think perhaps the time has come for him to play up front, but I, I'm, I'm just curious, if you look at all of the clips of Walcott at his best, if you go back to his Southampton days, it's coming in from the left-hand side of the park, and he's obviously going to end up as a, a central striker, But and uh, I've seen little evidence on the right-hand side of him producing anything that would be near Arsenal standard. With
2: Adi Bayor in the form he's in, Eduardo uh, scoring goals, Bentner scoring goals at international level, uh, and then Van Persie to come back, he's really going to have to do uh, an awful lot to stake a claim to get into this team as a striker, though, isn't he?
3: Well, he's going to have to bide his time. Of course, you've got the issue with... Um uh, Robin Van Persie, just how soon are we going to get him back and fit? Are we ever going to get him back and fit for any length of time? But that's a different matter altogether. No, I, I think Walcott's got something to offer that anybody who's got the, the pace that he's got, anybody, he's clearly got finishing ability as he's shown for the under 21s, as he's shown on occasion for us. Um, I, I think there's a, a role for him in a year or two's time once he's filled out a bit. I just think we're expecting too much of him too soon. Yes, you're not going to play him ahead of or and you're not going to play him ahead of um, Eduardo. You certainly wouldn't play him ahead of Van Persie at the moment. But, you know, are we going to have these guys fit and available for the next couple of years? I think there's a role for him. I think you'll grow into it.
2: Okay, cool. Now let let's look very quickly ahead to the uh, to the Blackburn game. We have a football free weekend. Uh, we are of course on Satanta on Monday evening. Uh, Blackburn traditionally uh, tricky opponents. Are you confident enough for for Monday?
3: Yes, I think so. There's, it's very rarely that they give us any real problems down at uh, in North London. We've had some tricky trips up there, but generally. Um, apart from occasions where they've taken throw-ins when they shouldn't have taken throw-ins and not given us the ball back and that sort of thing. Uh, (laughs) Going back a long way there. there Yeah, I've got a memory, (laughs) haven't I? (laughs) But no, they don't generally cause us problems. I don't expect them to cause us too many problems on Monday. If you look at the run that we're in at the moment, it is tremendously impressive, particularly when you consider the fact that if you're watching Arsenal every week at the moment, we know they're not playing at the tempo that they were playing in the early months of the season. They seem to have brought it down a notch. It's probably something to do with the amount of games that they're playing. But you look at the results that they're getting and the goals they're scoring even away from home, Mm. and you've got to say they're going to have too much for Blackburn.
2: Okay, cool enough, Gunnar Halleck. You keep fighting the good fight, and uh, we'll talk to you on another Arscast soon. Thanks, man. That's
3: terrific. Thanks a lot. Cheers, vlog.
2: So there you go. Uh Do check out Goonaholic's site if you want to keep up to date with all the latest goings-on with the Arsenal TV saga. Arsenal TV gate, as we shall call it from now on. ArsGate. Yeah. Uh, www.gunnerholic.com. Uh, he does all that complaining stuff so you don't have to. Now, uh, you might have noticed uh, a story yesterday pop up on the news wires about how the Premier League clubs have all decided uh, that uh, from the 2010-2011 season an extra game will be added to the uh, Premier League season uh, which would be played abroad clubs and or cities will bid for the rights to host these games so what'll happen is uh, the season will now have 39 games which is strange. Uh, What will happen then is four clubs will travel to one of five host cities with two games taking place in each venue over a weekend. Uh, Cities will bid for the right to become a host, but not individual matches. And points earned from the games will count towards the final Premier League table. Um, Now, uh, Call me old-fashioned, but I think this idea is the greatest load of bollocks I have ever heard in my life. We know that football is a business. We know that money is now a primary concern in the game. And you can say, well, you know, a club uh, going out and getting merchandise deals and selling new shirts and Arsenal toilet paper and mugs and everything. You look tired. I take it the caffeine toothpaste and adrenaline face serum aren't working? Well, maybe you should ask Santa for a Nectar mattress this year. Ho, ho, ho. And if the big guy brings you another unicorn finger puppet, don't worry. Because mattresses start at just $499. And you get $399 in accessories thrown in, as well as a 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com today.
0: This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy.
2: want with the Arsenal logo on it okay that's one way of maximizing your revenue and then tv deals and and all that kind of stuff but it's making money from what you have already right this idea has no sporting value whatsoever whatsoever leaving aside the fact uh, that 39 games doesn't exactly fit does it into a season And how are you going to cope with uh, relegation and uh, champions and all that sort of stuff when this one extra game could make a huge difference to whether you stay up or go down, whether you're champions, whether you're finishing in the Champions League spots or not? I don't know how they're going to work that. But it has no sporting value whatsoever. All it is is a money-making scheme. And the clubs, right, the clubs who must surely have at least one or two of them must have had some misgivings about it on a sporting level. The money must be so good that that's been completely and utterly overlooked. So this club, they go there, they play one game, what will they, what will they get? Two million? Three million pounds? Each club, perhaps? Given the money that's going to be on offer, given the fact they're auctioning these things, so maybe it'll be as high as five million pounds by the time this comes around in 2011. That's a player, or two players. If you're Arsene Wenger, that's that's 25 Colo Toure's. So you can see why the clubs are going for it. But it's a fucking bad idea, isn't it? The chairman of the Premier League, Richard Scudamore, said Globalization is a challenge for all sports because the whole world seems to be interested in the very best of sport wherever it comes from. That's why they invented fucking satellites, you cunt. Seriously, anyone can sit anywhere in the world and watch Premier League football. It doesn't matter what part of the world you go to now. You can watch it. But why should the domestic league uh, be fucked up? Seriously, it's 39 games, doesn't make any fucking sense. Even if you're, oh no, it's just whatever way you look at it, it doesn't make any sense, and it's greedy, and it's horrible, and it's part of this big machine, this money-making machine that football is nowadays, and I'm fucking, it's just wrong. I think it's wrong that not one club would say, no, this is, we don't like this idea. We don't like it. From a sporting point of view, we don't like this idea. But of course, the money is talking. The money is blinding people, and, ah, fuck, I don't know. It's bad. What can fans do? Can fans do anything about this? We can complain, I suppose, but ultimately they'll go ahead and they'll do what they want anyway. Scudamore goes on to say, Through modern media exposure there is a globalization, and we need to do something to make sure that we're at the forefront of that, and making sure we turn that into positive benefits for the game at all levels in this country. So somehow, somehow, the club's going on a fucking jolly to the Far East, or God knows where, uh, for one game, completely fucking up the league, uh, is somehow beneficial to all levels of the game in England. Is it? Absolute fucking crap. All it is is for those those clubs to make more money. How much of that is going to go into grassroots football in England? None of it. Fucking, it's nonsense. It'll go into paying off Fabio Capello when they sack him and still have to pay him £6 million a year for the next five years. It's fucking nonsense. And what he said is just nonsense anyway. What does it mean? We need to make sure we're at the forefront of that and blah, 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 blah. Fucking hell. How many more people do you want watching the game? The TV companies in Asia and America, that there's so much money. In the game. How much more do you need? It's the whole 55,000, 60,000 nearly swerve off the road thing going on here. How much do you actually need? I don't like this. And I hope... Uh, I'm sure, in fact, that most fans don't like this. Maybe some of the people that live abroad think this is a jolly good idea and they'll get to see the team play live when they wouldn't normally get to see the team. But, you know, fuck that. Save up. Go on holiday, get a match ticket, see the game where it's supposed to be played. If you want to see Arsenal play, you want to see them play at the Grove. You don't want to see them play in the fucking hunting Hong Kong Dallas Cowboys bowl, do you? No, it's not the same thing at all. I really fucking hate this idea. It's poxy. To me, this is as bad an idea as Westlife covering the hits of Phil Collins and then somebody making me listen to it over and over again. That's how bad it is. So boo, I say again to this idea, and um I suppose we should have words to say about it on all our blogs and uh, write it on toilet walls and things. Richard Scudamore is a cunt. But the sad reality is, is that the money on offer here means that no matter what we say or how loudly we shout, this thing is probably going to go ahead. Kind of depressing, isn't it? <sighs> how about a little culture?
1: This is the Ass Blog Culture Corner. Get it into you, you gee-bag.
4: Today, on the Osblog Culture Corner, we bemoan the absence of Emmanuel Adibayor ready to read to us from King Lear. He was called away at the last minute to deal with a domestic emergency. It matters not whether you earn 80,000 pounds a week when your toilet is bunged up with feces. It requires immediate attention. But fear not, we would not shirk our responsibility to bring culture to the lives of Ask cast listeners, a replacement has been found. Today, on the Ask Blog Culture Corner, the penis of William Gallas reads from T.S. Eliot's masterpiece, McCavity, the Mystery Cat. You may commence.
5: Hello, I am the penis of William Gallas, and this is a poem. <laughs> Macavity, Macavity, there's no one like Macavity. He's broken every human law, he breaks the law of gravity. How can he break the law of gravity? He's one thing breaking the law, like you go drink and drive, that's one law. You can't break the law of gravity. He's stupid, okay, I I continue. His powers of levitation, Lev- levitation, is this for real? Okay, I continue. His powers of levitation would make a fakir stare. And when you reach the scene of the crime, Macavity's is not there. Where is he? Is he invisible? Is this another law he can break? What kind of fucking super cat is this? You may seek him in the basement. You may look up in the air. But I tell you once and once again, Macavity's is not there. He's obviously a getaway car or something. This is fucking stupid. I fucking... Fuck up.
4: A recital that has got me wet.
1: That was the ass blood culture corner. Come back for more next week, you muppet.
2: And I'm quite sure that's pretty much all the culture you need for the time being. More... On next week's Arscast, probably now the African Cup of Nations, the semi-finals took place last night, and they went against form. Ghana played Cameroon, and Ivory Coast played Egypt. The big money was on Ghana and the Ivory Coast getting through. Well, that didn't happen. At all. Ganna were beaten 1-0 by Cameroon, and Alex Song inspired Cameroon at that. The young man seems to have gone over there and come out of his shell a bit. By all accounts, he's having an absolutely fantastic tournament. And I suppose, as we've said in the past, perhaps we're a little too quick to judge. Um, some players, and write them off, we're all guilty of it. Um, and if he comes back and does well, well, then I'll be absolutely delighted that we've got ourselves a good player. But uh, by all accounts, he's uh, had a fantastic tournament, so fair play to him. He goes through to the final. Uh, it's bad news for the Ivory Coast. So they were beaten 4-1 by defending champions Egypt. Um, uh, So there you go. That means it's home time uh, for Kolo and Ebue. Now it's time to be at home
5: with Emmanuel Ebue. Oh.
1: Welcome to my home. I am a boy. A boy like a Top tree a boy duet. Number one. Don't go breaking a boy heart by Elton John and Kiki D. Kiki D make a boy laugh. Sound like polite way to go poo-poo. Excuse me teacher, a boy need to go Kiki D. Number 2, Wycliffe and Mary J. Blige, Nine one one is a boy number. A boy were 27, 1-on-1 on one is 2, 2 away from 9 is 7, 2-on-7, 27, 27 mean a boy. Number 3, a boy duet, Michael MacDonald, Patti LaBelle, On My Own. A boy like to be on a boy own, but sometimes a boy get lonely. <laughs> you go
5: now. Tune in next week for more at home with a boy. Oh, baby.
2: There is, however, a third and fourth place playoff game between Ghana and the Ivory Coast, so you can only hope that from our point of view, uh, the Ivory Coast coach. Uh, views the game as rather an irrelevance. Not terribly important, is it? Whether you finish third or fourth in the African Cup of Nations. So maybe he might bring in some players who didn't play during the tournament and and give Kolo uh, and Ebue a rest before they travel back to London. So there you go. That's the African Cup of Nations. The final takes place on Sunday. Cameroon versus Egypt. I suppose we've all got to be behind uh, Cameroon. uh, uh, As Alex Song is our representative there, I bet he's going to score the winner. I bet Alex Song is going to score the winning goal in the final of the African Cup of Nations. Go on, son, you can do it. Right, uh, man in the bar has got a player history.
6: Ah, oh, hello there, arse we We're just talking about our favorite old TV team, so we are. What's mine? Ah, oh, you know, Bergerac. I love that one. And he's Bergerac, Bergerac on the floor. And he's dancing like he never danced before. Ah, oh, classic stuff indeed. Here, what happened to you at the end of last week's arse cast, you pissed up old cunt, you. Fucking hell, it was all going so swimmingly, and then the last three or four minutes it was like, how did you get drunk so quickly? One moment you were fine, the next minute it was like you'd taken a big fucking glass of George Best's piss. Fair fucking play to you all the same. Anyway, I suppose you better get on with the old player history. Isn't that why we're here? Right then, we're talking about it fella. The initials are D.B. Oh, God, and you think, hang on a second, hasn't he already done him? Yes, I have done the good DB, but there's another DB. A rancid, evil, and possibly quite crunchy DB. That's right. David Bentley. Now, when you hear the word Bentley, you think of a fine car, manufactured, well, with great upholstery. But I have to say, he would be more aptly named... David Cortina. Or David Manta. That would be better. Not Bentley. Although I knew a fellow called Tom Jaguar once. He was called Tom Jaguar because he could piss three lasers in one go. And he also had a soft covering of downy orange fur all over his body. Anyway, David Bentley came up through the old youth system. He got sent out on loan to Norwich and thought he was a big old smart man by kicking the football away in the middle of training. And the Norwich manager said, here you, you little cunt, don't do that again. And then what happened was he came back to Arsenal, you see, and scored a good goal for Arsenal in the old FA Cup. It was a chip into the top corner and everyone said, there's the new Dennis Bergkamp right there. And now people are saying he's the new David Beckham. But how can he be the new David Beckham? David Beckham is a fine, handsome man. Those cheekbones. Those lovely, lovely hairstyles he's had over the years. And what has David Bentley got? A fucking mohawk in the face of a fucking sunken rat. How could he be David Beckham? What are you all about? You fucking gobshites. So as DBs go, he's got to be right down the bottom, doesn't he? He's no David Beckham, he's certainly no Dennis Bergkamp, and he's not even Dirk Benedict, who used to play face in the A-team. Nowadays, he does a bit of old clogging around for Blackburn Rovers, which is just about as much as he deserves. The cunt.
2: More from the man in the bar on next week's Arsecast. That's That's more or less it. This is the final part. It's not going to suddenly transform into me being really, really drunk, like uh, like it did last week. No. I've learned my lesson. Drunken Irish casting is something that should only be done every once in a while. Sort of like driving when drunk. You know, every once in a while it's okay, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we look ahead, I suppose, to Monday night. It's going to be a boring weekend because we don't play till Monday night. So Saturday and Sunday, we've got no Arsenal. But on Monday, it's Blackburn Rovers at the Grove. Uh, I'm hoping for a a repeat of last season's result, which was uh, 6-2 to Arsenal. Except I'm hoping the 2 is a 0 and the 6 is a 43. Uh, Blackburn have done pretty well this season, but underneath everything... Uh, There's still a bunch of clogging, shit-kicking, fouling bastards, and I hope we murder them. I really do. Literally. You know, we have standards to maintain. I realize that. There's a way of behaving that's synonymous with Arsenal Football Club. Stabbing your opponent through the eye with a dagger is not generally acceptable behavior for an Arsenal player. But I think circumstances have to be taken into account. If the guy in front of you is Morton Gamst Pedersen, I think it's unfair to expect a player holding a dagger not to thrust it into the eye socket of the man in front of him. I would ask any of you, could you do any different? Could you keep the sharpened knife in your pocket when faced with the opportunity? I think not. And that, my friends, is how you should judge the Arsenal players. That said, the 43 goals will do just as nicely. Um, So, until next week's IrisCast, have yourselves a very good weekend. Uh, Talk to you all next week on the blog. Goodbye.
1: Oh, the boy's so lonely. Oh, Oh. on my own. Oh, the boy's so sad. (laughs) Why do you always go now? When a boy says you go now, just stay one time with a (laughs) boy.